Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Behold, 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 a pill podcast. Woo! You know what I mean? We got the gang with us. We got Alexander. We got Jonathan. We have Jeff Bay. Yep. yep. Yo, 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 yo. Um, today's episode, you know, Paul is dead. Don't tell nobody. Paul is dead. Whoa. He's dead? Oh, my God. That's someone what they should, say. Someone should, uh, should tell him because he seems quite alive to me. It's the money. It's the money keeping him alive. Ringo is the only real true alive beetle. <laughs> Ringo. You know. My so. favorite beetle. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the, the, the Paul's dead conspiracy out there. Uh, Paul McCartney. You know what I mean? Anybody else that's not hip to the Beatles, you should get hip to the Beatles. Uh, for the longest time in my existence, I, I never, I didn't get into the Beatles until maybe the last 10 years. You know, it was one of those things where it was kind of like Elvis, where they're coming as a kid. They had so much, some, everybody just said they were the greatest thing that ever happened in music. So I just said, ah, they got to be overrated. Fuck that. I'm not even going to bother. And then when I actually sat down and listened to them, I was like, wow, they really are fucking great. You know, the Beatles and Elvis both. Uh, real quickly, we'll go around the table. Uh, you guys appreciate the Beatles or, or not fans? We'll start with Alex, I guess, with an A. <laughs> well, um, I love the Beatles. Uh, I mean, uh, I... As as bands go, I can't really even think of a song of theirs that I don't like. Um, Can you name a song? Yeah, um, Hey Jude, um, right. Help, uh, 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 Hard Day's Night. Uh, you want me to keep on going? Yes, yes, yes. I give Hawk hard times because whenever we talk music, he's not really a big music fan. But he, he has proved to me he likes the Beatles. 
Well, I mean, I I enjoy music. I do have to admit, I don't. Uh, first of all, my music uh, tastes. Um, uh, there's no good music past the nineties. Eighties uh, uh, back, that's when music was good. Um, stuff that comes out now is uh, I can't get into it. Um, you like that mumble rap? Oh, please! That is. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. But, is that a Takashi Six Nine T-shirt behind you? <laughs> Who Hawk? So. He's got Takashi Six yeah. Nine tattooed. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Hawk's like hundred percent the type of guy. He's like, oh, it's all garbage, and then you you walk into a, a revenue, you know, like a nice venue, and you just see him there, and there's like some sixteen year old kid with fucking face tattoos, like, <laughs> and and Hawk's in the front row, hammered drunk. I, I think, uh, dude. I I would have to be more than hammer drunk to be at one of those concerts. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, no. I'll 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 be. I'd rather stay home and listen to uh, all of the Beatles songs on repeat than try to survive one. Fun fact about song. about the Beatles: they actually did a, an album in German. Oh, really? And you can did. listen to it on Spotify. So you can, um, yeah. If you look up the the like the Beatles. They don't speak German, but they learned, they had like some lessons in how to train, like they had their songs translated and they did their songs in German. Um, and yeah, like, cause at that time they wanted to get into that market. So well, yeah. it sounds like kind the, of, acid, the acid era. You take enough acid, you can speak any language. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, wish that that was how it worked. Mumble rappers, well, one thing about mumble rappers is they're garbage. You know what I mean? It's like mainstream rap now is like, it's. A, I think it's a bunch of privileged kids whose family are record executives that they don't have any street credit, but what they do is they tattoo their face and take a bunch of drugs to the point where you can't understand them and they consider themselves uh, hardcore, fucking hardcore. Scary, you. I, I, I have to say, the last time I saw uh, one of those mumble rappers, I was like, the last time I see saw that kind of like paint was on my desk in high school. You know how back in you know people used to you know oh, make yeah, yeah. like marks on desks and you know would doodle and all that. I mean, that's what they look like. They look like my desk in high school with all the graffiti <laughs> on it. It's true, man. You're right on that. They, their whole gimmick is that they, they're they so fucking rock and roll that they don't care they're fucking up their face. That's their whole deal. Like Steve-O's back. We are talking about Steve-O before the show. Like that, what's up, man? That big tattoo of him giving thumbs up on his back. Uh, that's very that's very mumble rap. I mumbled before yeah. mumble rap. I needed uh, royalty checks. <laughs> so Scary Jr. down there. You, uh, well, How do you get down with some some Beatles. Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to the Beatles. Um, I've listened to the Beatles for like a while now. Yeah. Probably over probably like 15 years or something, you know, longer than quite me. a long time. It's longer than me. I, mean, I listened to all that. I, I listened to a lot, like pretty much everything. I mean, I listened to classical music. I listened to, I don't really, I don't listen to, I'm kind of, I'm rap. On the same page with 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 uh, Alexander <laughs> over there in terms of like I think a lot of stuff I don't know I don't know if I would say like after the nineties 
everything was bad. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that's come out. Um, but I, I don't really like a lot of the stuff like 2000, let's say like 15 to now. I'm not really, not really super, uh, super into, um, but yeah, I listen to, I listen to the Beatles. I don't think that the Beatles don't really, I don't really vibe hard with the beat with the Beatles. Um, a lot because I appreciate their music. I like their music, but I'm never like usually that fucking happy to listen to, you know, some, some of their music is just so cheery and it's like, right. come on, you know, just the mood that I'm not in that. I'm, I'm in a little, I'm more in like a realistic kind of place. I think a lot of the time, um, but yeah, I like I like their music. I like I would say that I'm more of I'm more a fan of what they did after the Beatles. Like I really love George Harrison's like mm. solo work. Um, not so much Lennon, but I really do like George Harrison's solo work. Um, I listen to that quite a bit. And yeah, Paul McCartney don't listen to that much. And I mean, I think he's probably the biggest sellout. <laughs> out of all the Beatles, but yeah, I mean, Ringo Starr. I don't, I don't know if he. I, I think he he did have. Did he have uh, a solo career going for a little while? I'm not sure. McCartney? No, Ringo Starr. Oh yeah, I'm sure he did. They all did. They're that's they're printing yeah. money. That's like ICP we we're talking about too. Like, if you're a Beatle, no matter you could fucking do a, an album just whistling, you know, fucking sell a bunch of copies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. you, know, you know what's the best best thing that Ringo Starr did after uh, the Beatles? Caveman? No, 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 no. Uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Ah. Because he, he played the conductor for like the first season before George Carlin took over. I prefer Carlin. Yeah, I prefer Colin, but I mean the thing is, I mean my brother watched Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I thought it was cool, you know, you had Ringo Starr on there. I think he was only there like the first season, and then you know George Collins showed up afterwards. But you know, it was nice to see him doing something. <laughs> so I think, I think Ringo wrote uh, either the song "Yellow Submarine" or like that album. Like he was heavy in the writing process of that, which I give him kudos for that. I'd love to meet him. I'd love to meet Ringo or Paul. That'd be the shit, even if it's the fake Paul. <laughs> Sean, you get down mm. with the Beatles? Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Why? Why not? Uh, I know, yeah, I think uh, Jeff said it best. They're too fucking cheery for too me. Too cheery? <laughs> well, so I like a little cheer in my days every now and then. I'd rather listen to something else. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. It's one of those. Now, I've never been into them. I never seen the appeal for them. I watched uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I fucking when I was like ten. I don't understand that shit. <laughs> Secrets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're they're. I mean, you can't. I really can't think of a bigger band. You know, I think that's one of the reasons. Yeah, they're right up there. They're right up there with you two for me. They both make me sick. You two is garbage. <laughs> I would. I would think. I mean, Not I think that I, I think that um, yeah, I think there's a couple of bands I can think of that are probably as big, like Pink Floyd. That'll be. Re- I love Pink Floyd. Led Zeppelin. And Led Zeppelin. You know, like 
I think the Beatles will laugh. I think if you would have, I think popular, you know, maybe not popularity, but if you're talking like um, the, te- the, the test of time, you know what I mean? I think that the Beatles will be more beloved uh, longer than both of those other bands. And I like those other bands a lot, you know. Queen. Uh, Queen. Queen. Queen sure. is another one. Yeah, I mean, that guy was like a gift to humanity. He really was, man. That's how good he was, is that he died fucking 30 years ago, and they're still making livings off of what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... The Beatles, yeah. I don't know. that. I, Yeah. I mean, I stand by my statement that they're too cheery. But I stand I, by your. Statement. I can't. I can't say that they're not. Like the thing is, is like I. I've never been able to look anybody dead in the eye and say the Beatles like they're not like that. They're not a good band, you know. Like I can't. I. I they're they're really good. I like. I really enjoy their music and I appreciate it for what it is. But I don't. I don't really ever listen to it. I hear you. No, I'm with you. Like if I. Yeah. But if I heard, like there's some actually. Let me. Let me. Yesterday, yesterday yeah. is a song that I like that I listened to for a while when I was a little. If I was a little bummed out, I'd listen to "Yesterday" by the Beatles. He blew his mind so, out in a car. That's not positive. That's suicidal. Yeah. Suicide is painless. Yeah. You go through so many changes. Woo! They had Woo! some dark stuff. There was some dark stuff mixed in there. I know that wasn't the Beatles, of course. That was the MASH yeah. song. But um, the, yeah, it'd be cool. I would, it'd be, I would be very, I would love to, like, they're so talented. It would have been cool for them to release a couple dark albums, you know, that were, like, really dark. You know what I mean? There was a lot of shit they could have went around, you know. And they, you know, Lennon, Lennon's a dude that held everybody, to this day has huge respect for him. But nowadays, his kind of antics of being kind of a dickhead are more out there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he'll womanize or just like fucking, I believe he even, I'll speculate. I think he beat his girlfriends up and stuff and was just like fucking super difficult to be with. He'd get drunk and you'd want to fucking murder him. I heard he was just like a bad, like yeah, yeah. bad news like that. But uh, yeah, it would have been interesting to see. Like, I'm always curious when, when you have a band as big as the Beatles, right. And so pressured, from commercial like you know to kind of fit like a certain to have a certain sound you know Mm. like i'm always curious what these bands like if are they really doing what they want to do or are they just doing it because they they know it's so you know profitable to keep doing it and like i think of like i was just talking about this yesterday with a friend of mine like like nirvana is a pretty good example like Mm -hmm. when you listen to bleach they never released anything after Bleach that was remotely the same. You know, that was like that. That's what they. That's like what they wanted to. That's what Kurt Cobain like viewed grunge as was Bleach, right. and then everything after Bleach was kind of, you know, that was like just commercial vomit. You know, trying to just sell albums. Yeah, I can see that. I do think never. So I wonder how much of that was like. You know, I wonder in the case of like a band like the Beatles. You know, like how much of that was was just kind of like trying to fit, you know, fit a certain mold. Yeah. Never mind in in utero or better albums than bleach. I will give them that, but maybe that's why, 
maybe that kind of played into why Kurt Cobain departed. I mean, that, he's going to get his own episode eventually because that has all types of weird ties with it. But um, the Twenty Seven Club would be a cool episode and just hit like all those guys. Yeah, for sure. I'm down with yeah. that. The um, but the thing you were saying about like you know the the, the not really wanting to do the music, you know, and uh, it's interesting and being interesting. I know that they beefed. I know McCartney didn't want to do when they kind of broke up. McCartney said he didn't really want like Beatle like the style, even though what he did with like Wings and any other solo shit he did was kind of very Beatle like. You know what I mean? And the you know, I know they'd throw shots back and forth at each other, him and John. And uh, I think I don't think there was any love lost. Like when John got killed, I don't think there was. I don't think he was. You know, they were. They did their regular. Oh, I'm sad in the media thing, but I think that yeah. like they were really estranged at that point. Hey. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird Beatles stories. Like I'd, e- I'd even love to talk about the Clapton Harrison kind of like beef that went on for a while. I'm not, I don't even know. I- I don't even honestly know if it was even a beef. Like that's the weird thing about it. But I just know that Harrison he threw his, he threw wife, his kid out of a window. Harrison threw it was George Harrison threw Eric Clapton's kid out that hotel window. I heard that rumor. No, no, no I'm talking about the. I'm talking about <laughs> George Harrison killed somebody. I was there. Oh, did he? What drinking? George and driving Harrison. Or something? Some no. Somebody broke. This is a crazy story. Somebody broke like a crazy like stalker fan broke into Harrison's house and Harrison stabbed him. Really? Like wrestled the knife out of his hands and stabbed him. Well, that's justify. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's like a crazy, it's like one of those stories, like you look at Harrison, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, this is a, you just don't like, I mean, it, it's not, it's obviously good that that it ended that way and not the alternative way, but it's just, you know, you see this like <laughs> super gentle kind of like tweaker, like not like tweaker looking, but like hippie looking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, it's like once upon a time him. in Hollywood a little bit with the Caprio. Yeah, ca- yeah sure, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. weird shit like that. We can get into some stalker stuff in another episode because the Bjork stalker always reigns supreme whenever I think of stalkers. If anybody's hip to that dude, um, I'd, Ricardo, I think was his last name. <laughs> Uh, and he was just this Luna tried to tried to send her a fucking acid bomb and then he shot himself and he used a 22. He didn't know what he was doing. So he's a 22. So it didn't come out of his head. But you see it's crazy. He videotaped him shooting himself and you see like the, you see a, a part of his skull lift up, but not not come out. So the, the, the fucking bullet jumped around in his head like fucking like it bounced around in his head, which has got to be horrifying you know what i mean that's some <laughs> heavy shit but to go into what you were talking about about um you know they wouldn't why would you want to stop doing something like that i think that that plays a big part into what we're talking about tonight um which of course then the paul is dead you know paul mccartney uh, one of the singers and guitarists from the beatles you know supposedly in 1966 passed on uh via car accident i believe or or, or some type of uh, maybe a motorcycle accident, and the in the whole conspiracy is how, you know, they they replaced him in order to keep the machine going. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, the Beatles. They said died supposedly died November ninth, nineteen sixty six. It was secretly replaced by a lookalike. The the rumor circulating around nineteen sixty seven is when it started up. 
but it grew popularity after being reported on American college campuses in the late uh, of 1969, which 1969, also the year of Manson and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Very crazy time. Proponents based on the theory uh, on perceived clues found in Beatles songs and album covers. Uh, Clue hunting uh, proved infectious and within a few weeks had become an international phenomenon. You know, I think uh, you guys probably all heard about like in Sergeant Peppers, how it looks like they're mourning somebody. Um, and, and there was something up with, I think McCartney's character has a, is the one that doesn't look like he's mourning. And then they have ties with like Abbey Road where they're all walking across the road. And like, what you know, what, I think Harrison's supposed to be like the, the grave digger. Um, and then one of them's supposed to be a priest maybe Lennon and then McCartney was supposed to be the body, you know what I mean? The corpse. And then they have like the reverse. They have Paul's dead. I believe is a, re- a call comes from a lyric that gets reversed. You know, we're going to tip, tip, tap into that in a second. Well, there uh, was the, the whole like Abbey road thing too, is Paul was the only, I mean, yeah, Paul was the only one not wearing shoes. Mm. That was it. It was like was one a- of the, one of the clues in like the picture. I believe there's a morgue van. Or no, really? I don't know. Yeah. I think on the street, there's like a, a meat wagon, like a, the van that would collect dead bodies too. But very crazy stuff, you know what I mean? According to the theory that McCartney died in a car crash and to spare, pu- uh, spare the public from grief, they replaced him with a uh, winner of a lookalike contest. And I remember there was a contest. Um Sometimes identified as William Campbell or Billy Shears. That's the dude who supposedly replaced them. After the band left messages in their music and their album artwork to communicate the truth to their fans. You could almost believe that because they were so big. It goes with the like the Kurt Cobain thing. It's like when Kurt Cobain killed himself, there was a, there was a fans. There was a bunch of fans that killed themselves too. You know what I mean? And this happened after the Beatles, of course, but with the phenomena and the, and the, the Beatle invasion, and like you, you look at any f- footage of them pulling up in their limo and fucking millions of people, mainly girls, storming it. Um, you know, you would you would think that a lot of those girls would probably go home and kill themselves off. Not that I don't, you know, the, the record companies don't want to lose their money. But the dark arts would probably say, well, those souls are going to send those souls over to Satanus and uh, we'll get even more rich and famous. Now, out of these songs and stuff, in the, we include 1968 song Glass Onion, uh, in which Lennon sings, here's another clue for you all. The walrus was Paul. Now, the cover photo of their album, Abbey Road, which McCartney has shown the only one barefoot, like Jeff said, uh, and he's out of step with uh, the bandmates. You know, rumors declined after an interview with McCartney, who had secluded with his family in Scotland, uh, was published in Life magazine in November of 1969. During ni- the 1970s, the phenomenon was subject of an analysis in the field of sociology, psychology, and communications. McCartney parried the hoax with a little title and cover art of his 1993 live album, Paul is Alive. Very nice. In 2009, Time Magazine included Paul is Dead in its feature 
on the ten, uh, 10 of the world's most enduring conspiracy theories. You know, it's one of those deals. Of course, he's going to parody it. You know, I know that Ringo in the past has gone back and forth where in certain interviews, he said it's complete bullshit, hogwash. And then he's kind of fed into it a little bit um, and said that there was something to it. Now, I never believe that. I think he's just maybe had one too many cocktails or was failing loose or failing in good spirits and just said, oh, yeah, for sure, dude, for sure. But you would almost kind of go, why would he make fun or make light of one of his closest friends supposedly dying? You know what I mean? Which is a big thing. But I think time's passed. So much time's passed um, that if it was true, that I think it almost be down with it. And I think that the fact that there, I think there was a, the fact a lot of money was being made by those gentlemen, I think, uh, softened the blow of, of, of what was going on. But Paul's dead, you know. So when he dies, when this one dies, we'll get a new one. We'll get another Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul will never die. That should be an album right there. That should be a tour. Now, the beginning of this rumor, uh, you know, circulated in 1967 in London. He was killed. They also said he was killed in a traffic accident while driving along the M1 motorway. On January 7th, the rumor was acknowledged and re- rebutted in the February uh, issue of the Beatles book, which is a fan magazine. McCartney then alluded to the rumor during a press conference held around the release of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band in May. And by, by 1967, the Beatles were known for sometimes including uh, backmasking in their music, analyzing their lyrics for hidden meanings that also become popular trend in the U.S. And it was, they were... You know, they would do, like, remember Ozzy Osbourne, you play his records backwards, you'd be catching all types of devilish shit. Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I've heard them, I've heard the actual recordings. You can go online on YouTube and find the things played backwards. And yeah, every night you do hear stuff, but I don't know, I don't know if, if, if you should really take, you know, that into consideration too much. It just could be an artistic endeavor, but I mean, it could be the deal. It's like why I think they were put there because of the craze. You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, John Lennon Glatt wrote the song in response uh, to gobbledygook said about Sergeant Pepper in a later interview. He said that he was purposely confusing listeners with such lines as the walrus was Paul in reference to his song. I am the walrus from 1967. Uh, on the Magical Mystery Tour. Now, I assume those two dudes had issues way before the band ever broke up. And I at the, at, I don't exactly remember what the theme to I Am The Walrus is, the song. If it's about maybe somebody being a dickhead or something like that. And if that's the case, then yeah, then saying Paul is the walrus is pretty much saying Paul's a dickhead. You know what I mean? On September 17th, 1969, Tim Harper, an editor for the Drake Times Delphic, Drake, speaking of modern day artists, um, the student newspaper of Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, published an article titled, Is Beetle Paul McCartney Dead? The article addressed the rumor being circulated on campus that cited clues 
from the recent Beatles album, including a message interpreted as, Turn me on, dead man. I think they're referencing The Undertaker in that one. <laughs> uh, it heard on the White Album track, Revolution 9 is played backwards. Also referenced was the back cover of Sgt. Pepper, where the Beatles, uh, every Beatle except for McCartney is photographed, uh, photographed facing the viewer. In, the, uh, in uh, the front cover of Magical Mystery Tour, which depicts one unidentified band member in a differently colored suit from the other three. According to music journalist Merrill Noden, Harper's, uh, his, his Drake Times Delphic was the first to publish an article on the Paul is Dead theory. Harper later said it had become the subject of discussion among students at the start of the new academic year. And he added, a lot of us, because of Vietnam and the so-called establishment, were ready, willing, and able to believe just about any sort of conspiracy. I think that plays into it, too. Yeah. I'm surprised there's no, no, no like new artists trying to do something like this, because they all like to act like they're these heavyweight superstars of music, even though they're not. They're fly-by-night people that will be forgotten about in three years. In the late September 1969, the Beatles released the album Abbey Road as they were in the process, process of disbanding. I didn't know that Abbey Road was their last album. Um, on October 10th, the Beatles press officer, Derek Taylor, responded to the rumors stating, recently we've been getting a flood of inquiries about uh, asking us about the reports that Paul is dead. We've been getting questions like that for years, of course, but in the past few weeks, we've been getting them at the office and home night and day. I'm even getting telephone calls from disc jockeys and others in the United States. Throughout this period, McCartney felt isolated from his bandmates and his opposition to their choice of business manager, Alan Klein. And it did, uh, Yoko hasn't been mentioned yet. I heard Yoko was a big part of it, too. <laughs> uh, and distraught at Lenny's private, Lennon's private announcement that he was leaving the group. With the birth of his daughter, Mary, in late August, McCartney had withdrawn to focus on his family life. Uh, on October 22nd, the day after, uh, the day that Paul is dead, room, uh, rumor became an international news story. McCartney and his wife, Linda, who later took all his money, and their two daughters traveled to Scotland to spend time at his farm near Campbellton. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, you know, being it right at the end, you know, kind of popping off right at the end, it very well could have been a ploy to sell more records. I think that that's a big part of it, too. If you tell people, you know, listen to the record back, you're going to hear shit. You're going to people are going to buy the record for that reason alone. Of course. You know what I mean? I know I would. If I if I liked the band and they said, well, if I liked the band, I'd already have the album. There you go. Right. But uh, I definitely want to go flip it you know, spin that record back and see what the story is for sure. I I guess you can kind of say that uh, uh, the Beatles uh, were uh, one of the uh, first that really uh, did the uh, uh, Easter eggs. You know, you you watch movies now all for the Easter eggs. and, And it sounds like to me that, you know, this thing popped off and they just, you know, ran with it and started putting all these cool little things in the music and on the covers to, like you said, sell more records and keep the, uh, keep people, you know, wanting to try to figure out the truth, the truth. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I well, I I think like I never knew about the Paul was dead thing until you posted it last week. But I mean, I know the Av- the Avril Lavigne thing is like the same, like a very right. similar oh. premise. About her being dead. Yeah, she's just brain dead. <laughs> That's what I heard about yeah. her. And she has hairy armpits too. She don't have any razors in her house. No, she is from Canada. All right, she got to figure that out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I don't even know if it, I think it's really important to think about this in context. Yeah. So like I wasn't even kind of foolishly. So I wasn't even thinking about the fact that like right around this time was a, was really very common, you know, to more than it had been, you know, in previous years to be very, very skeptical of what people are telling you, like what the, what the government's telling you, you know, you have the Vietnam war going on and all that type of stuff. And like, people knew that that was, people knew that that conflict was, there was like a huge lie to start the conflict in the first place. So I, I think at that time, like, yeah, like people were very, very skeptical of probably everything that they were hearing, um, you know, from the mega powerful, especially, so I think like something like this was just very appealing, but it is actually quite remarkable because for something that's supposedly so big, it blew my mind that the Wikipedia page was, was so, so bare. Like there was maybe like, you know, it was probably like a five minute read, eight minute read to get through most of the, you know, most of the important points mm. of the Wikipedia page. So there's just not a whole lot like supporting it per se. Like it just seems like it's really, yeah, I don't know. I, it's crazy. It's a, it's kind of a weird story. Yeah. 1963, of course, when the JFK was assassinated, which I think is one of the first big, that's when the term conspiracy theorist came into play when they were trying to, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, tear down people that would question things. They call them conspiracy theorists. So, you figure that kind of plays into this too, because even though it was a few years before, I think people were still kind yeah, of getting hysteria over the fact. Was there. Yeah, they're still getting the hysteria they, was there. Yeah, yeah, they're getting over the fact that you know they're not going to. Society has to kind of warm up to things, and I think that even a lot, even though a lot of people kind of, I think, felt that there was a lot of foul play with the JFK deal, which I guess there is a cool new Oliver Stone doc on Showtime I want to check out about the JFK revisited. Um, but I think that that, that it all started with that. And maybe by the time that it got to this era, you know, a few years later, it was more a little half seriousness, half just entertainment value. You know what I mean? Um, you know, in 19, you know, in 1969, October the 12th, you know, a caller to the Detroit radio station, WKNR FM told dish jockey, Russ Gibb about the rumor and its clues. I wonder who that person was. Gibbs and the other callers then discussed the rumor on air for the next hour, during which Gibb offered further potential clues. Two days later, uh, the Michigan Daily published a satirical review of Abbey Road by University of Michigan. Student Fred Labor, who had listened to the exchange in Gibbs' show, under the headline, McCartney's Dead, the new evidence brought to light. Uh, 
It identifies various clues of McCartney's death on the Beatles album cover, like we said before. Um, and, 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 you know, they were astonished when the story was picked up by newspapers across the United States. Noden writes that very soon every college campus, every radio station had a resident, had a resident expert. You know, this was kind of the time for the for those college campuses to, you know, the radio stations were popping off. You know, it was kind of pirate radio like it wasn't they didn't mm-hmm. have to kind of, you know, answer to any big folks, just the deans and shit. Um, and, it, you know, of course, I think teens eat that shit up. It's a, it's very interesting because whether you believe it or not, it's very interesting. The whole and I also think it was kind of a, a like a time of very little censorship. Yeah, for sure too like especially in media so yeah it's it's blew up uh you know the story was soon taken up by more mainstream radio stations in the new york area wmca and wabc wabc in the early hours of uh, october 21st uh disc jockey robbie yange discussed the rumor on air for over an hour before being pulled off the air for a breaking format at the time of night, uh, the signal covered a wide listening area and could be heard in 38 U.S. states at the time in other countries. You know, this is a conspiracy that doesn't quite affect anybody. Like whenever you hear about like a like a governmental, you know, conspiracy, like yeah. they, they try and shut those down quick because they don't want people to kind of go haywire with it where, you know, the Paul McCartney thing is always fun. It's not it doesn't really get. No one's really getting hurt with it. You know what I mean? It's just kind of interesting and out there. So I think that they were, they allowed it to ride for that reason as well. You know what I mean? It very well could have been one of those situations where maybe something else was happening and they knew that this would, people would be more talking about this than other things, you know, stuff like that happens a lot too. You know, although, although the Beatles press office denied the rumors, uh, McCartney's a typically withdrawal from the public life contributed to this escalation. You know, that with a fandom like that, just him leaving would cause, would cause questions. And when you have a super fan, that super fan would have super ideas. And uh, they would think that things that really don't make sense, they could make them make sense in their head. And I don't, I don't put, I don't put that past them. You know what I mean? Um, even the even the band, even the band could have just started this rumor because they'll sell records and it keeps it keeps them, it keeps everybody talking about the band after they've even broken up. You know what I mean? Good good PR move. Um, but every song for you know the Beatles we got here the Beatles, the Beatles and the Rolling Stone. You know, Vin Vesela, the student broadcaster in 1969, later said that. The escalation was uh, indicative of the counterculture influence of Bob Dylan. You know what I mean? Another musician. Uh, The Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Very big folks. Every song from them starting at about late 1966 became a personal message worthy of endless scrutiny. That kind of makes sense, too. They were guidelines on how to live your life. You know, it goes a little bit with that a little too positive for certain people. You know what I mean? Um, Alex Bennett, you know, to the Beatles, Apple Corp headquarters in London on the 23rd to further extend coverage of the Paul is dead theory. There Ringo Starr told Bennett, 
If people are going to believe it, they're going to believe it. I can only say it's not true. You know, I mean, that's kind of, that spells it out for you right there, his opinion of it. In a radio interview with John Small and WKNR, Lennon said that the rumor was insane, but good publicity for Abbey Road. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Like I said, I think that that could play a part for sure. On Halloween night, 1969, WKBW in Buffalo, New York, broadcast a program titled Paul McCartney is Alive and Well. Maybe. Uh, which analyzed Beatles lyrics on other clues. It's all kind of, it feels like a big game, like a marketing campaign and some game that just to eat up time on radio stations, give people something to talk about. Because it is super interesting, you know what I mean? Uh, But the DJs concluded that the Paul is Dead hoax was fabricated by Lennon. Very interesting. Um, You'd think Lennon would do it. Ah, you think he'd say it about himself since he was getting ready to start a solo career instead of trying to get people to buy McCartney records. Before the end of October 1969, seven record releases, several record releases had exploited the phenomena of McCartney's alleged demise. These included The Ballad of Paul by The Mystery Tour, Brother Paul by uh, Bill Shears and the All-Americans, So Long Paul by Werbley Finster, uh, the synonym for a uh, synonym for Jose Feliciano. What a, that's a great name. Uh, and Zacharias and his three peoples uh, were all the pallbearers, part one and two. Another song uh, was Terry Knight's St. Paul, which had been a minor hit in June. So even other people were making money. Other musicians were making money off of this, even outside of the. That's how big it was. Uh, it had been a minor hit in June that year and was su- subsequently adopted by radio stations as a tribute to the late Paul McCartney. According to a report in Billboard magazine in the early November, Shelby Singleton Productions planned to issue a documentary LP of radio segments discussing the phenomena. I would love to have that record. Um, <laughs> In Canada, Polydor Records exploited the rumor in their own artwork for Very Together, replacing uh, uh, the repackaging of the Beatles' pre-fame recordings with Tony Sheridan, using a cover that showed four candles, one of which had been snuffed out. You ever think this is like a precursor to Lennon being killed? You know what I mean? What do you guys think of that? Kill them all. Kill them all. Well, that's what Metallica's Kill Them All was about. Like the first, like just like a huge industry beef on the scale bigger than the, the Biggie Tupac scandal. Yeah, I mean, Mark David Chapman, I believe he killed Lennon because he, it was kind of uh, Dimebag Daryl like, where I think he killed Lennon because he, he blamed him for the demise of the Beatles. I think that was the deal. Uh, well, from, I mean, I, I did a little research on Chapman. I know. And- yeah, and uh, the big thing, at least what he kept on uh, promoting as the reason he shot Lennon was that he saw Lennon as a hypocrite who just kept on saying, all you need is love, all you need is, you know, peace and, and, and all that. But, you know, he's living it up. He's, you know, living in, in great digs and all that. And, and Chapman thought, you know, he was, you know, preaching it but not living it. And um, he, of course, also had a very uh, interesting kind of uh, uh, 
thing with the uh, book Catcher in the Rye, where, yeah. I mean, if you read the book, uh, the main character, Thomas Holden, was uh, all about that, you know, everywhere he went were phonies, people were phony, and that kind of, you know, tied in with him looking at John Lennon himself as a phony, and, uh, and of course, he got that all, and he somehow saw himself as Thomas Holden, and thought that he had to, you know, kill John Lennon and, and show him as the phony that he was. At least that's the uh, general idea that I got from the little bit of research that I did. He showed him. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is that uh, since John Lennon and, 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 and Paul McCartney have always been at odds, um, one of the things that you could look at it as, and not saying it is, but if John Lennon was the one that kept on pushing the, you know, Paul is dead, you know, kind of gimmicks and all of that, maybe... Uh, he was trying to find, he was trying, uh, because since he had such a, uh, um, you know, off-putting relationship with uh, McCartney, maybe he was trying to find a way to get McCartney out of the group and kind of like, you know, uh, uh, put him by himself. So, I mean, of course, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, that could be one thing or... It could be just simply another ploy that uh, they decided was a way to uh, push records. But, I mean, I kind of think that maybe the whole thing before, you know, he met Yoko and before the Beatles broke up that way, he might have been trying to find a way to replace McCartney by signaling him out and pushing this, oh, Paul is dead, so if, if... he's able with the group push out McCartney, they can just bring another guy in. Hmm. I mean, I mean, that that's, I mean, like I said, there's no proof for that. It's just an idea that I thought that is another probable way of looking at it. That's a good, that's a good theory. So like you you figure if he, if he gets people, if he gets the audience to think that he's really dead, it isn't a big deal if they act some type deal. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing, good theory. Yeah, and, and that, you know, if if they push that and enough people believe that he's not really the real Paul McCartney, then if, you know, John Lennon and uh, uh, and, and the rest, you know, end up pushing him out and bringing another person to fill his shoes, then he can kind of say, well, you know, he wasn't really the real Paul McCartney. Mm. So it's okay for them to bring in another person because Paul's already dead. So, yeah. I mean, it's a crazy. I mean, it's a crazy conspiracy theory to begin with, because you have to also uh, go with the fact that not only do you have to have that if if Paul McCartney actually died, those who were involved in his life beforehand have to be in on it, and the person who is taking over the role, those that knew him before also have to yeah, be yeah. in on it. Otherwise, they'll be like, hey, that's not Paul McCartney. That's my brother, uh, Sam Wilson from, you know, Burbank or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's the problem with, like, a lot of these, you know, almost. I mean, that's really the problem with almost every 
conspiracy theory, you know, like, I mean, so many of them, we were talking at one point about, you know, the kind of common, like what's being talked about now. I mean, I actually haven't heard much of it recently, but last year it was big news was, how you know, the, the, well, the rich were trying, you know, the vaccine essentially contained like a microchip and like all of these things. And, you know, everybody knew about, you know, blah, blah, like don't get vaccinated. It's just like the amount of effort it would take for something like this to actually, you know, all the people that would have to collectively come together and lie, you know, to keep something like this quiet, to keep something like this, like moving, it's just unplausible. Um, Because at the same time, you know, if this, if it really was the case that like Paul was in fact dead, whatever, there's, there'd be like a huge monetary gain for somebody to come to, to like actually prove it, you know? So if somebody knew like, oh, I knew a hundred percent, like this has been, he is in fact dead. This is like, you know, we happen to find somebody who looks exactly like him, which is absurd anyway, um, that can play the role that can just happens to really be an awesome musician. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, there's like certainly a monetary gain there. I think kind of like going off what you said, the like, one thing I'd like to explore is, you know, there could have been a lot of animosity. Like you never know, like there could have been kind of like a rivalry there. And what was, what was in fact, you know, a rumor could have actually been a legitimate discussion at one time or another, you know, like, and that's what's scary, but maybe there was a plot. Like at one time, Lennon, was almost trying to plan something to get rid of Paul McCartney. Like really, maybe he did want it. Maybe like there was a, like a, a plan to kill him, you know, and make it look like an accident, you know, like a freak accident. And perhaps like, you know, that kind of got out that this was, and they just kind of played it. And so kind of to save his ass, he, he turned it into like a conspiracy kind of theory that like, you know, to kind of make it seem like he wasn't the one you know, behind what would be kind of, you know, this, this, this criminal act. Yeah. So, I mean, that could also be something like that could be an explanation. Maybe there was this, this, this plan from the beginning. And um, yeah. Cause I mean, again, like when you're talking about people, man, like when you have that much money on the line, like if there's a dispute and it could like risk somebody's position. Yeah. I mean, people consider crazy things and all it could be was maybe it could be like one discussion with the wrong person. And it could just be, and it could just, you know, turn and you might have to like, you know, he could have just covered his tracks with like, oh, no, we were just, you know, we were just kidding. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and then, and then like, we were just, you know, it was like bar talk, like it was a joke. And all of a sudden, like, you know, this whole Paul dead, Paul's dead thing is kind of like just a, you know, a cover up for what was a bigger plan to kind of get rid of, to get rid of Paul, you know, due to like a disagreement. Of course, yeah. it's kind of funny that you look at now that, the two uh, Beatles that are still alive and kicking is Paul McCartney and Ringo. You know, the uh, the one that supposedly had died and was replaced and and the drummer that, you know, for the most part, you know, was always overlooked because, you know, he was the drummer. He wasn't the, the front man. Yeah. So, I mean, so it was always kind of like John Lennon and George Harrison as, you know, as the uh, the two, like, up front, really. And then, of course, you had, you know, Paul McCartney, but, you know, kind of pushing this, oh, Paul is dead, was replaced, 
I guess maybe trying to lessen, you know, his, uh, his popularity, I guess, which in turn kind of, you know, backfired because you then have, uh, you know, everyone, you know, doing, uh, you know, trying to find these little hidden Easter eggs that prove that yes, yes, yeah, yeah. McCartney was replaced. Well, the reason why I kind of like think like the reason why I even thought about what, what I had said was that, um, I remember like looking on, like looking on um, forums, like a while back. Yeah, like when you had first sent me this, this um, like thing a couple weeks ago. I looked at some forums and like was trying to understand, like what was the relationship, like what were some of the, like the the common um, kind of theories like fans had at the time, and like one of them was that that um, potentially like John and Paul had like. In almost like an intimate relationship, you know, I've heard that at yeah. one time or another. And so my thought was maybe, you know, maybe they had this like intimate relationship and maybe John was like very, very hurt because Paul broke it off and he had like potentially kind of plotted to get back at him in some way. Hmm. And yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of, that was, a th- that's kind of the direction I was going in, but interesting. I mean, they definitely, Two biggest egos in the band. All I heard there, there is the uh, Beatles are gay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've that's heard what that. Sh- Sean like wants that to be the truth. Like <laughs> he's like, well, I don't care. Well, well, if you take I mean, anything away from this. That's, that's, that's what I heard. From, that's Beatles what I heard, fellas. I heard it here first. Hey, hey, Sean, I mean, I mean, they were all kind of hippies, and you know, hippies all about free love. They are you just saying to- every single hippie is just sucking dick? <laughs> Hey, no, hey, saying, I, no. I, I'm saying hippies don't care, man. It's all free love. Oh, I got the drugs. With, they're all they're on the a lot guys, of guys. It's with the girls. It's all together, man. This just here, has a good time. And here I go with the blatantly, like you know, me talking earlier about not saying, you know, trying to be progressive and whatnot. And then yeah. here, here you have me saying that just because someone is, is gay, they automatically are sucking dick. So I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 they might be receivers. You know, you know, the, you know, that they might be the ones receiving it. You know, you never know. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I <laughs> failed forever. <laughs> The um yeah, it's a weird deal. Uh, I could definitely see that. You know, if they, I bet that the, the amount of groupies that they had are fucking uh, bananas, uh, crazy. I'm sure. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, if they did some group sex. You know what I mean? And it's very possible you're on some acid or early early fucking ecstasy type shit and uh, wanting to experiment. You know, I could almost see that. And then I, you know, there that could hold some weight. And I have heard the theory of them being romantically involved before intimately. So that's interesting. You know, um, yeah, but the, they, they, there was definitely an issue between them two. Supposedly, the whole accident that happened was because the, uh, McCartney had a big argument with the band, and he sped off in his car, and uh, was supposedly decapitated in the car accident. Mm. Which happens because I so, say what? So, yeah. so you're saying Paul McCartney lost his head? He lost his head. You guys are talking about giving head, and he lost it. <laughs> you guys are out of control. 
I think uh, there was an actress. Uh, I forget who it was. One of the one of the one of the big ones from uh, like the seventies, I think, or sixties, who was decapitated in a car accident. I forget which one. I think she hung around with Anton Lavey as well. Um, Jane Seymour, maybe, but I could be wrong. No, I think that mm-hmm. might be later in the game. But um, she was one of those famous, like beautiful actresses, like a Marilyn Monroe type. But uh, yeah, she got her head cut off in a car. And the craziest part is, I think her kids were in the back seat and lived. What a fucking horrifying thing that is. Those poor bastards. I know. <laughs> uh, imagine that. Holy shit, Doogie. Jesus. No. You know, strawberry, you know, uh, one frequent and cited example to go back to some of the words in the, in, in the songs is, you know, the, the words, I buried Paul, are spoken by Lennon in the final section of the song Strawberry Fields Forever, which the Beatles recorded in November and December of 1966. Lennon it's, later- all, it's all coming together now. He buried it in Paul. Exactly. <laughs> that was the secret of That was the secret meaning behind it. They buried what? That was the deal, you know. Um, the old sauce each. Yeah. He well, cranberry sauce. He eventually was he eventually Lennon, well, well Lennon later said that the words were actually cranberry sauce, which I don't know how cranberry sauce and I buried Paul line up in any way. You know what I mean? Yeah, well I mean, well it was backwards, right? Yeah, but still, I don't know. I guess, I guess. I mean, I can pull, like, I can pull it up right here. We can, we can listen to it. It was rear end stuff. <laughs> it was rear end backwards in the rear end. <laughs> All that flippy floppy, the flippy flapper. I mean, I got it. I got it right here. Okay. I mean, that sounds kind of like cranberry sauce to me. Yeah, all right. It could sounds be. like cran. It sounds like it's like one more time. It sounds like you're saying cranberries. Sounds like you're saying cranberries. Why would you? That don't make sense. I guess strawberry fields. If there was cranberries in the strawberry fields, if you thought you were going to eat some strawberries and got some cranberries, you'd be upset. I would be. I know I would be. It's uh, yeah, the Volkswagen. Number, you know, supposedly also in the um, the Abbey Road cover, as well as them walking and stuff. Um, they have the number of the plate on the white Volkswagen Beetle in the photo, containing the characters LMW twenty eight IF. Uh, was identified as further evidence because twenty eight IF represented McCartney's age if he had still been alive. Although McCartney was 27 when the album was recorded and released, um, while MMW stood for Linda McCartney Weeps or Linda McCartney Widow, uh, that the left-handed McCartney held a cigarette in his right hand and was also said to support the idea that he was an imposter. Very interesting stuff. Um, Yeah, again, I wonder if it's more of that when people really want want to see something or something to be true, you know, they'll they'll kind of pull. They can kind of pull anything. We see that in every kind of walk of life. Where I'm literally doing it right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those weird deals, you know. One of those definitely one of those weird deals. Uh, many rebuttals on the situation, like we said. The Beatles all said it wasn't real. 
the management said it wasn't real record label people, certain people in the radio world. Uh, but you know, one of the, you know, part of the interviews first broadcast, usually they did a norm. Normally they do on October 24th, BBC radio reporter, Chris Drake was granted an interview with McCartney at his farm. McCartney said that the speculation was understandable given that he normally did an interview a week to ensure he remained in the news. Part of the interview was first broadcast on Radio 4 on October 26th and subsequently on WMCA in the U.S. According to the author, John Wynn, McCartney had conceded to the interview in hopes that people hearing his voice would see the light, but the ploy failed. So he was trying to... You'd almost think that if it was, if it was, um, of course, McCartney would go, no, it's not real. But if it was like a, a gimmick, you know, somebody would be going, it's almost like they threw it out in the world and then just started denying it immediately. You know what I well, mean? I also have like an interesting thing here, which I didn't know. Um, so Stuart Sutcliffe, I don't know, like there was a couple, there was like two members of the, um, Beatles that essentially like left early on or were like kicked out. And so one was Pete, Pete Best was kicked out in 62 and Ringo Starr replaced him. And then in 61, the bass player, Stuart Sutcliffe decided to like pursue, decided to pursue a career in art. So he stayed and he like left the band and, and Paul McCartney took his like switch to bass. So took his role in the band, but he died Stuart Sutcliffe died of a brain yeah, hemorrhage. Oh, really? Yeah, the stress of leaving the Beatles fucking killed him. No, no, he died of a brain hemorrhage like a couple months after he left the band. Huh. So, like, he died in Hamburg. Like, he stayed in Hamburg, Germany, after yeah, they did a around. show there. And yeah. then, And then he – so, technically, Paul McCartney took the place of a dead Beatle, which is ironic. That kind of – yeah, that, that probably plays something into it. Especially, you know, uh, could could a brain hemorrhage be brought on by stress? I think so, right? I mean, this was but in '62. Like, when were the beat? When did the Beatles get like crazy popular? Yeah, probably right around that time, because by '66 he was dying. They were doing their last album, and he was dying. They were supposedly I mean, I dead. I, I I doubt like a kid at 21 years old would die of a brain hemorrhage from stress, though. Well, maybe if he took a lot of drugs, maybe he tried to took a lot of drugs to fucking feel better about the situation. Maybe the know, brain maybe. hemorrhage was really a shotgun wound to the head. Maybe the, <laughs> the, the that, that that's kind of a brain hemorrhage, I guess, because all the blood hemorrhages out of your brain after you blow half of it off. So maybe that's the case, or a hanging. You know, um. Uh, you, it's funny. A lot of music. There's a lot of like weird musical ties to a lot of bands. Where like there's, there'll be like like Sid Barrett with Pink Floyd. You know what I mean? Where like there's people that get the band to that like in like into the realm, and then they kind of get fucked out of you know being there for whatever reason. Like they were super talented and creative, and yeah. they used them to kind of play their purpose, but they were difficult. So like they used them to get to a certain point, then they got rid of them, which is dark. that's darkness. The darkness that, that creates in people's heads is too much. But the dude leaving to do, leaving to do art. Imagine being, imagine 
being like forming the Beatles and putting out some music with them, leaving and then them turning into the Beatles. Like he created, he helped create the name apparently too. Him and John Lennon. They gave him for that. They gave him a big fuck you, like uh, Dennis Hopper and Speed. (laughs) They were uh, nothing. Poor guy, dude. That's horrifying. I think that the trauma of that alone make you want to fucking kill yourself off. That's that's heavy, especially if you don't. After he's gone, dude. Like they don't. They probably erased his name from everything. Where they didn't talk about him. Nothing. Um, It's probably the same as like those people that like made all those crazy investments. You know, they make big investments into what you know twenty years later becomes ginormous companies, but they like pull out for some reason, like right before the company takes off. You know. Yeah, Apple. Doesn't Apple have a story like that where there was a dude there was like it was Steve Jobs and like some other dude and he bought the other dude out for fucking like nothing and uh then it became like Gigantor. Much I think more. Apple I think Apple has a story like that too. Cuz there's like Is that, uh, like he uh, bought out like Wozniak, was that it? Uh, yeah, or... something like that. And yeah. Uh, some yes. of the the hate that Jobs got because everybody liked Jobs, but there were certain people that, that thought he was a scumbag. And I think that one of the reasons why they thought he was a scumbag because he like fucking did that dude dirty, like hard, like very fucked up. Um, you know, it's kind of it's business. It's one of those weird things. Like if you buy if you buy something, buy somebody out who creates something, and you give them like nothing, and you may it turns into Apple. I think you should. You should be, you know, you don't have to, you know what I mean? If you want to keep it strictly business, you don't have to do anything for them. But I think like if you're making fucking a hundred billion dollars a year, you could throw them a little something, you know what I mean? Uh, to make them not have a brain hemorrhage and die. That's my take. So I, I, got, I actually got a cool one for you here. Yeah. Since we're on the topic of, uh, of music and kind of like some of the, so have you ever heard of the Ohio players scream theory? No. So you know the song Love Roller Coaster? Yes. Oh yeah, they got fucked. Yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers fucked them out of that, right? No, 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 no. This is actually like a this is a conspiracy theory, like it's but it's one of like it's a pretty sinister one. Mm -hmm. So I guess in the middle of the song, I can't think of it. I mean I've heard this song a hundred times, but you know, hundreds of thousands of times probably like just throughout the years, but um in I guess there's like a really loud, like ear ear splitting scream in the middle of the song Hmm. with kind of just like not a lot of explanation supposedly. And um, like people said, you know, it really, it sounds like a woman's being like assaulted or murdered or something. And the crazy thing about the the theory is that like the, 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 the band actually never like was able to debunk the theory. Hmm. but it's um there's like a theory that essentially like a woman was killed in the studio when they were recording wow yeah like a ghostly thing like the the, the ghostly scream made its way into the production and they couldn't pull it out yeah. i don't know that's crazy i want I, somebody was telling me a story i want to say it was that where like um I forget what I thought. I thought it was like that love roller coaster song or something where like another band created it, actually did it. And then another, that a newer band came along and they covered it. 
and somehow it be, it blew up into the biggest thing in the world, but the, the original band never made a penny off of it. It was some weird, crazy story like that. It's almost ghostly, dude, to a degree where I feel like if maybe it wasn't even in the studio, maybe it was uh, maybe somebody overdosed with them, or maybe they were driving drunk and hit somebody, and you could almost like can you could almost like think in the ghostly realm that it would that song would be burdened and it would be in there and maybe they just there was no way of fucking taking it out of the mix like it was already mixed and they didn't realize it was there and they just went with it or something i'd have to hear the song like you said to kind of know how prominent it is if it's actually like something you can definitely understand or something you got to listen for you know what i mean yeah no i am i'm I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I would like to do almost like an episode where we just kind of talk about the paranormal generally because it's something that I tend to be kind of skeptical about. Yeah, like now in my in my like where I'm at currently, like I'm I'm pretty skeptical of it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I could be I could be convinced. It's um. Yeah, I mean, there's like some, we've been to some weird places. Like I went to, when we were, um, we were driving on the Danube, you know, like the Don, like the Danube, like the river in Central Europe. Yeah. And um, there's like in, in Austria. And I mean, because you still have a lot of remnants of medieval Europe and, and like, there's just castles, like, and families own these now, like people buy them and kind of restore them or just like they'd buy them and let them wither. You know, they're just kind of like pieces of history. And there's this one castle, like it's on the dot, the Danube, and it's just on this huge hill. And um, we, we were driving up this road. It's like really, really like, you know, middle of nowhere kind of road. Like we were trying to get to the top of this, uh, because one of the most famous parts of the Donau or the Danube is a, it's like the Schlange, like they call it a snake river. So the river just goes like, like that. And it's really cool to look at. You can see it from like on top of the hill. And, and um, we took the wrong road and we ended up like pulling into this castle on this hill and no one was there. And like, I had to take a piss. So I like just pissed next to the castle and it was owned by a family that was like, they restore, they were trying to restore the castle, but um, we didn't look anything. Like we didn't hear anything, you know, whatever, but you get like kind of just that. I mean, first of all, the place is so old. You get a weird right. vibe just being there. But yeah. when we left, I looked it up. Like I looked the castle up on Google and I was reading the history of it. And apparently it was like one of the most, like the dude who lived there back in the day was like brutal. Like he was a brutal landowner. Mm. Like he he would, he like had killed kids in this place. Like he, cause he thought that they were like possessed. Like, I mean, he was like absolute brutal that's, landowner. That's scary stuff. When people are killing and, other people cause they feel they're possessed, that brings a whole new element to create. And well, th- like what's crazy is like, we had the witch trials of course in Salem, but like, I didn't realize that they had their own, like that was a pretty common, that was like a pretty common thing to happen like yeah. elsewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And I guess like there's a castle in Salzburg land, like in the countryside that like they had killed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people like that they thought were witches, mm-hmm. you know, kids, everybody. And like their torture was brutal. Like they would do like, um, 
Yeah, I'd have to like look it up, but I, I think that they would essentially just like they would put kids in like boxes, like little boxes that they couldn't like move in, and they would just like put little like they would like put objects through them, they would burn them, like it was, it was fucked up. Humanity <laughs> like, is so beautiful, you know. It's. Uh, do you believe in like positive and negative energy? Um, like a good and a bad in the world, like an overall evil and good. I don't. I mean, I think there's so. I think like I'm almost thankful. I mean, I I think that there's not. I don't, I almost want to think that that doesn't exist because I feel like there's so much negative energy. That that it's. I don't think that the positive. I like. I just don't think positivity would be able to prevail. Like it might not be even. I mean, it might not be even, but you believe it's there. I think that's like the paranormal in a way too, where the imprints are left. Like you said, where like all those people died, you got that bogus feeling. I think it's that heaviness is because there's so much bad energy around it, and I think that's paranormal. We have like, I mean, the other thing too is like you have we have so many cemeteries here that are so old. Yeah. You know, like Mozart, his like whole family is buried in the city. Like, you know, like it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Mozart's and, head. I like that Mozart's skull, fucking skull for my, my desk. What I would like to say is, uh, what do you guys think of, at, at the end of this whole deal, what do you think the reality of Paul is dead actually is? Um. Well, I mean, personally, I think that... First of all, that Paul didn't die, he wasn't replaced, or anything like that. Because the logistics of first finding someone who looks like Paul, who can play like Paul, who can then then make sure that whoever, you know, was in Paul's life um, also agrees to this. And also those who were involved in this other guy's life also being cool with this. And then, you know... Just too many, you know, moving parts for it to be a, a conspiracy theory that, you know, is is viable. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, like I said before, I think that it's uh, uh, one of two things. One, this could, uh, like I said, have started out where John Lennon and Paul McCartney, they really didn't like each other. And John Lennon was trying to find a way to push Paul out and, you know, hinting all these things in, in like the music to, you know, kind of, you know, put a little doubt, a little shade on, on uh, Paul for whatever reason to try to, you know, find a way to move him out and maybe get someone else in. And and then of course it kind of took on the life of its own. And John being a smart businessman is like, look, he got these people who are buying our music just for the fact that they're trying to find the the answer. Is Paul really a doppelganger? Was Paul actually killed and then someone else took his place? And he's like, well, this, you know, put these little things on the album covers in the music and people will just buy up the stuff just to try to piece this intricate, you know, conspiracy, try to find the, the root of what was going on. And the fact is that it's just some guys who were like, huh, okay, they're really buying into this. This find a way to make this, you know, make us money. I mean, that's how I see they probably played it. 
What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I, I also agree with what you were saying. I just, I just think it's kind of, I think because it was so innocent, like you said earlier, like it didn't, it wasn't a threat, you know, there wasn't a perceived threat to, you know, kind of nip it in the butt early, but yeah, I think that it was, I mean, it just doesn't seem like logistically possible. It doesn't seem like it would really be, I mean, on the other, on the other hand, it doesn't even really seem like it would be from a business standpoint, the best decision either. I mean, I think the hype was solely, you know, the hype behind it was more so trying to kind of figure out whether or not it was true, you know, by like kind of back, um, you know, playing the albums backwards and stuff like that. Um, and from what I gather, I think that the whole playing the albums backwards thing was also kind of like a thing the Beatles were doing. I just think anyway. So I don't even, I think that that was already kind of there before the whole Paul's dead thing kind of surfaced. I have to double check, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't really seem like it would be the most like business oriented decision. So I don't think it like definitely came from the band. I think it was probably definitely like fan, you know, fanfare, fan created. Like um, I think somebody was probably listening back, like to the album backwards. And, you know, I think, and that's the other thing, psychology plays a big role in it. Like if you tell people, if you tell people going into it, what they should hear, then they're more likely to hear that, you know, like there's tons of, like there's tons of things. Like I know, for instance, I mean, in um, doing the whole like beer sommelier type stuff too, like this, there's, there's like a lot of, you know, there's been studies done where people perceive beer. Like you can give somebody a Bud Light in a wine glass and you can give them a Bud Light in a, you know, in a can and they're going to perceive the Bud Light in the wine glass as like more exquisite, yeah. you know, like, cause they already have that, kind of an expectation in their mind. So it's like this, I mean, it's, you can apply that anywhere. And so I think if you tell people like, this is what you're going to hear and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, a perfect example, like I read or, and I was more inclined to believe that he was saying cranberry sauce. So I, I heard cranberry sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's, I don't really like feed into it that much. I don't think it's, I don't really think it holds it holds a lot of weight. Yeah. Not with you. I agree with both of you. I think you both bring up great points. Um, I do, I do think, I do think a record label would scramble if, if he did die. I don't think he died. I'm with you guys. I don't think he died. I think it's a very interesting, fun theory, but I don't think he died. Um, but if he did die, I do think they would try and keep it going for the money aspect. You either have like the wicked, you have them, the greedy aspect of doing it. You also have the aspect of there being so many fans that they wouldn't want almost chaos on their hands of maybe, you know, teen, a bunch of teenage girls killing themselves off. But I don't really think they would care much about that, unfortunately. I think they'd care more about um, selling records, which it obviously did. You know what I mean? It definitely sold more records, but... I go with the Hawkman when Hawkman says, what are you going to do if I just hope that he's super talented? He's a super talented musician. I think that does play a part into it too. Um, and I think McCartney now, you look at McCartney now, he's still, he, you can still see that old McCartney in him, in his face. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm with that. 
And it's uh, it's very interesting. I'd be I'd be pleasantly surprised if one day it was proven to be true. You know, I think that there's loopholes and such that could make it true, but I think it is a little far fetched. Um, I think there definitely was an ego there in a clash uh. with Lennon and McCartney, and um, yeah, like what Jeff said, I don't think the band might have this. This might if it is to be uh, true, I don't think the band orchestrated it. Um, you know, things like these covers. Um, I agree with Jeff Barry with the, 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 the reverse music. You could kind of inter- in- interpret it as whatever you're told it is. But with the covers, it could be go, it could go all the way back to the beef where if Lennon told the artist, well, if he, if he had more of a voice speak, speaking with the artist, he could say, make Paul a little different or something like that. You know what I mean? Because they had an issue, you know, they could do that. Um, or just Paul being like, make me different because I am different. I want to stand out from the pack. You know what I mean? These things are all possible. Um, but yeah, as of right now, I don't really believe in it. I don't think it, I don't think it's true. It's very interesting and very fun. And like we said, it's, it is a fun one where nobody gets hurt. You know what I mean? It's, it's a fun theory in that aspect of it. And um, yeah, for sure. I'd say I think it's false but interesting, but definitely interesting. And something you probably could, if you were a super fan and you wanted to dive in deep, you could probably swim pretty deep with this. But uh, at the end, I think you'd figure out that it's not quite reality. And Sean stepped out for a moment. Uh, We have Sean is back. Hey, hey, I'm I'm the real Sean. I'm the real Sean. And I think it's, I think it's a real conspiracy. I think that it he really he really died in an accident and got beheaded and now they're just trying to make more money. All right, thanks Sean. I appreciate that. But I don't think that I don't think that's the real Sean. That's the true conspiracy of the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that the, this whole like thing is like if it were in fact true I mean, that would open up the conspiracy. Like, I think there'd probably be like some human cloning going on or something, you know? Like they cloned, they they cloned him I before mean, in anticipation. They, they cloned should've... all the Beatles in case they in Possibly. case they were to die. They didn't clone uh, Lennon in time, though. Yeah, you almost they think. Grew- you know, another conspiracy. We'll get into Lennon in, Lennon later, but I would love to dive deep into a theory that fucking the record labels had Lennon actually killed to make more money off of record sales. Like if they kind of like if uh, Mark David Chapman was a crazy dude, no doubt for sure. But we talked about mind control a lot on the show. Um, And if they kind of got him to almost be the hitman, you know, like the way they Mm. got fucking, uh, What's his name? The dude who killed Oswald. They're uh, back. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, that one, that one's actually really cr- like the whole JFK conspiracy is insane. We want it. Yeah, that's such a heavy, heavy. We got to, like, we're waiting. I got to do more research before we do that episode because I want it to be uh, epic. But um, I heard that Showtime is doing a new Oliver Stone documentary called JFK Revisited that supposedly got a lot of really cool evidence in it. So I want to check that out. Yeah, because the, I remember that Oliver Stone movie was was like really controversial. Oh, yeah. They, they did out. not like him doing his theories. That's one thing I'll because say about all. Yeah. 
Yeah, Walter's- he like told said like uh, Lyndon B. Johnson essentially like had him killed. Yeah. Uh, that's what one of the things I love about Oliver Stone to this day is he doesn't give a fuck, and if he believes what he believes is true, he doesn't care who's listening. He's going to tell you what it is, and uh, as well as making incredible films, I th- I think. You know, in his later years, he's been doing a lot of documentaries, like The Truth. He did, like, The Real Truth of America, which is, uh, you know, kind of like we were talking about with the Native Americans, us not being the greatest of people. You know what I mean? I know Oliver Stone, I was listening to him on Rogan recently, and he was saying, you know, the reason why America does, America doesn't understand war because we've never had it in our backyard. Whereas then you have these other countries where they... You know, a lot of these other countries, they still have, they, they remember family members that aren't there anymore because of wars, you know what I mean? So, like, not that we don't, but in there, it happened on their land. It's different when it happens on your land, and we've been blessed enough. We've had terrorist acts, but we've never actually had a war blow out on our, on our soil, you know what I mean? And if, that, if it did, I think people would look at war a lot more differently. Americans would. You know, they're starting to kind of get hip to the fact that human life's human life and it shouldn't be, you know, crushed out. But I think not that I want a fucking war on our soil because that's awful. I don't want war anywhere. But I think uh, I think it was, a, it was a pretty smart thing for him to say that, you know, we ne- we don't really know the full effect of war, which I have to agree with him. But we do know the full effect of John Lennon getting shot and Paul McCartney <laughs> being decapitated. But um yeah, we'll see. I don't. Yeah. So as far as the the Paul's dead, I don't think Paul's dead. I think Paul's still kicking it. I did see pictures uh, a while back of this dude that took over Lennon. Front. It was a contest. They actually had a contest to, to, to see who looked like Paul the most. And um, <clears throat> the dude who won, he did look like Paul. But then you got to go to the thing about talent. You can't fake talent. Even if they go into the studio and somebody else is doing all his parts, when they do, when they get out on the road, they got to perform. He's got to be able to do that. He had a gigantic solo career, a solo career that's long. He had a he, he solo career longer than the Beatles were around. So and it's, that's still good shit. So it's like, you know, you can't fake that. You know what I mean? Especially like they, they, pil- they, they, they pick some dude off the street practically won the contest it was just a a dude i think they called him the the orphan of edinburgh or wherever they're from um it was just some random dude who looked the part you know what i mean but you know that being said i think with the funk i think that everybody's in agreement that this theory is not a true theory you know what i mean well i hope everybody enjoyed listening we enjoyed talking and uh, get out there and listen to some Beatles records, spin them forwards and backwards to get the full full deal. You know what I mean? Don't just let the Hawkman give you the truth. Go seek the truth yourself. You know what I mean? And uh, with that being said, we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Behold a Pale Podcast. Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. Hang me on, the man. Hang me on, the man. Hang me on, the man. Hang me on, the man.